Hello to all of you listening out there, and welcome to the Just Skimming the Surface podcast. This is W. Skim Milk, and I'm here today with Levi. Hello. Hey, Levi, how are you doing today? Uh, a little bit better now that I know that your name is W. Skim Milk. W. Skim Milk, yeah. <laughs> or Wes. Wes, whatever you want to call me. As long as I know that you're talking to me, it's all good. Can I just call you pal? Pat, bud, <laughs> guy, dude. Hey, pal. Sport. How's it going, Champ. Champ. <laughs> so Levi reached out to me and said that he wanted to talk about some of his experience with teaching and with a summer camp. So I personally have not, I've never been a counselor at a summer camp, but I have mm. been to a couple summer camps. So I don't really know much about the experience on that side of things. So, I mean... If you just want to go into it, kind of explain I mean, what the camp is. Yeah, well, I am. Um, I was a camper for a long time at the summer camp that I went to. I don't know if I'm allowed to say which camp, so yeah, I you won't. You can say what camp. Uh, no. No? Um, but I was a camper there for about 10 years or uh-huh. so. And then just this past summer, I started to work there as a counselor. And um, it was a very, very eye-opening experience for me, both because I loved being there and I had a full summer to do, you know, not nothing. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, work with kids. I'm an education major here at, um, here at college, and so I, I kind of wanted the experience of, of working with kids before I actually started to work with, um, you know, students. Yeah, definitely. So what would you say is, like, the big difference between the two environments there? Because you've got summer camp or a classroom. Well, the kids at summer camp oftentimes look at you as, you know, a leader instead of a teacher there's a, there's a very big difference between a teacher and a counselor only in that you can be cool with your counselor i guess yeah with, with your teacher you can't really go up to him and be like hey levi how you been I mean, I mean you can what, what i what i what you do today and um i mean you can do that but it's not exactly professional so it's a more casual it's a very more casual environment but at the same time it, it you have to get a lot more respect from your for your kids and you're a counselor because there are a lot of safety concerns and there are uh-huh. a lot of uh, you know supervision needs that have to be met and in the classroom it's kind of like hey can I go to the bathroom alone yeah go ahead yeah sure no summer camp we need you're in the school right versus no. you're in the wilderness or whatever in the wilderness the cabin area the the waterfront whatever it's it's just a big thing of the kids need to be under surveillance and not alone because yeah. when the kids are alone there's uh, legal issues and there's uh, safety issues yeah, of course. And so, I don't know. It's it's a very, very interesting shift to be going from teaching into uh, being a camp counselor. I don't want to say counseling because it's like a yeah, different, that's different very, thing. Yeah, because it's very, very different. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to be able to look at these kids and go, these aren't my students, these are my kids. Because mm-hmm. they, they do feel like, you know, they're, they're your kids. They're your responsibility. They're, they're your job to deal yeah. with. Instead of like... I have to deal with these kids for 45 minutes a day, and then I can say goodbye. And I know a lot of teachers get to know their students. I'm one of those teachers. But it, it's a lot different when you're working with the same kids 24 hours a day for a week. Yeah, definitely. I I feel that because when, when I was in Boy Scouts and all that, mm-hmm. we, we would go camping all the time. And so, I mean, you, when you're in Boy Scouts, you kind of got to be your own camp counselors while you have, like, mm-hmm. the scoutmasters and everything. They're, they're usually kind of off in their own little camp, and then we all are doing our own things. So, like, the, the older kids are teaching the younger kids. And, right. Uh, it's it's kind of like a mutual thing there. But with uh, camp counselors at 
actual like summer camps for whatever it is religious sort of things mm-hmm. or um or if it is there are some boy scout camps such as the summer camps at like awasapi or makajuan um that have camp counselors that are hired and work there and teach man, uh, merit badge classes and all sure. sorts of different things um so what exactly m- makes your summer camp different than um a boy scout summer camp well it really focuses on not individuality because you know we can't really let the kids go out and do their own thing all the time yeah but it focuses on growth mm-hmm. one of the things that we have there is an honor system where every year you get a colored neckerchief starting at green which represents um newness and growth going into red then blue gold black and then purple which is the biggest one biggest i guess is a not the right term but we have an honor system and every year you could earn one neckerchief by setting goals with your counselor or with a counselor of your choice on the purple case um and then achieving those goals and you get rewarded your neckerchief at the end of the session um and so a big focus that we have is that when kids are doing their activities and going through their, their skills and all their other stuff, we, we focus on their goals and what they can achieve in themselves because it used to be a competitive camp like 50, 60 years ago. You had to like compete against other campers to, to be the best. And then <laughs> uh, eventually it shifted into a competition with yourself where it was, how can I be better than what I am now? Mm-hmm. And for instance, uh, for the purple neckerchief, you have to have goals for every previous neckerchief. So you need to have goals for courage and bravery, and newness and growth, and true blue friendship, and true blue, true friendship. blue friendship and honesty, uh, visible leadership, invisible leadership. You need to have multiple goals for every single one of those uh, topics. And so throughout the course of the summer, depending on how long you're there, you might be doing all this new crazy stuff that you never thought you'd ever do or you might be stepping out of your comfort zone or maybe you'd be meeting new people that you'd never talk to normally um it's a very humbling experience to go through it and then see yourself at the end of it because the counselors do it too we have our own uh goals stuff mm-hmm. that we do we um you know i re-earned my purple this year for the like fourth or fifth time um <laughs> but i i set goals i i achieved said goals and i i grew throughout the summer it's, uh, it's something you don't really see at any other summer camp. Yeah, there there are definitely a few, but not at this, not with this exact system, not with we just have hidden ceremonies that I can't tell you about for every yeah. neckerchief, and you know it's. So it really goes experience. into you. You never stop growing, right? So, so even when you go into your career or when you become a teacher, you're still learning new things all the time, right? Right. So what what exactly? are you taking away from this summer camp experience for when you go on to teach a classroom? Um, the biggest thing is that you shouldn't take your time with kids for granted. Um, I know a lot of people have the opinion of, oh, kids suck. Like, they're, they're annoying and they're messy and they're, they're weird and they're, yeah. <laughs> they think they're funny, but they're not. They're all over the place. Um, but, you know, sometimes, and I, I agree. <laughs> as much as I love kids, they are messy, annoying, and they think they're funny when they're not. <laughs> but they, they have their shining moments where you'll, you'll do something for them or they'll do something for you that you look at this kid and you go, I would, I would die to protect this child. Like this, yeah. this is, I am happy to know that this is the future of America, of the world that I'm, I'm looking after and I'm helping grow. Yeah, so it's really inspiring in that It moment. It is. And um, it's inspiring and then 
part of that is knowing that the kids look up to you is like a, you know, I don't mean to be selfish, but it is an ego boost to have the kids <laughs> look at you and see a leader and see their counselor and see someone that they look up to. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, one of my kids, his name was Jack. He, uh, he, he was a funny kid. He, he was actually very, very funny. He was wild. He was all over the place. His little, little kid, all my kids were 12 this summer. And that's, uh-huh. that's like the age that everyone goes, oh, God, 12-year-olds. <laughs> and I agree. In middle school, that's in the, the school setting, they are, they are the worst. But at summer camp, 12-year-olds are the best. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Because they're, they're old enough to be funny and make their own decisions, but they're young enough to where they'll still listen to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah <laughs> so, and so this kid, Jack, he was all over the place. And that, that cabin was very, very fun. That whole cabin that Jack was in was very fun. But they were rowdy. They they had a lot of problems when it came to respect and uh, and being, you know, uh, well behaved, and so multiple times me and my co, Matt had to like sit them down and talk to them and be like, hey, yeah, stop it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, stop yeah. it, um, set them straight. Yeah, and there was one point where we had done that, and then Jack comes up to me and he goes, Levi, I'm sorry, and he had this, he was so genuine about it, and I'm like, it's okay, Jack. It's all right. Jack, it's fine. You can do I, whatever you want. It wasn't what you can do whatever you want because you <laughs> fired if I said that. Please. But well, I, yeah. I, I looked at this kid, and he looked so sorry, and he just wanted to have fun. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is a kid that I enjoy being around. Yeah, this, definitely. This is, this is a good kid. He turned out good. He's going to continue to turn out good. That kid also had night terrors. That's a, another oh, really fun wow. story. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some of the things you got to deal with as a counselor. Oh, jeez. Because you're with them way more often than you are when you're a teacher. Oh. sleep and waking up and we have a cabin cleanup time where we clean up the cabins for a bunch of stuff and so I get to know the kids in my cabin really well and I get to know the kids around the camp in general and other cabins pretty well you know the every every kid is a little different and sometimes they're just average I couldn't tell you the name of most of my kids this summer but I can tell you the names of the ones that mattered <laughs> that came out wrong those who made a difference to me I get those what you're who, saying yeah those who said things there was there's this one thing that we do called devotions every night where we tell like it's pretty much a bedtime story where we we tell these kids a bedtime story uh that usually has a moral almost always has a moral uh and then we talk about it afterwards Mm -hmm. and there was one devotion that i had done where i showed them a video which is called the most astounding fact it was the audio that i was showing not the video and it was neil degrasse tyson talking about what he thought was the most amazing fact and it was the fact that um you know we're here because we the, the probability of us existing with the cosmos and everything yeah. is just so small. And he went in and he talked about that. And then afterwards, I was kind of explaining it to them. Because, you know, it's a hard concept to grasp for 12-year-olds. Oh, yeah. And this was the night before Honors Night, where we have all our ceremonies and the kids get their new neckerchiefs. And it's, it's a big deal. And one of the kids, there's one ceremony in which we say something we're thankful for as we, as we do a certain uh, action. And one of my kids goes up there. And all the kids are like, I'm grateful for my family, I'm grateful for food, I'm grateful for my friends, I'm grateful for camp. And this one kid, one of my kids, goes up and he goes, I'm grateful to exist. And like, nobody, you know, some people kind of snickered, some people kind of gave it weird looks. I sat there dumbstruck. I'm like, this this devotion happened last it's night. It's really deep, yeah. This, this, this devotion happened last night, and it had enough, an effect on, enough of an effect on this kid that he wanted to devote this... Uh, this statement in the ceremony to to that that it, that it struck him so hard that he felt it 
Yeah. And to know that I had <laughs> I had an effect on a kid enough to make him feel grateful, to make him feel humbled, to make him feel, you know, important. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's something else. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing with, like, any sort of experience where you're actually teaching or you're actually with the kids and everything, I honestly think that's more helpful to me in my education than some of these classes I'm taking. Correct. Which I'm, I'm not trying to say anything bad about the classes or anything because they, they've taught me a lot of cool, like, behind-the-scenes kind of technical stuff. Right. But really without that hands-on experience, I would have no idea what I'm doing right. at all. Dealing with most of the issues that come up in teaching, whether it be, you know, teaching them how to uh, catch a fish or do mathematics, um, it's... Most of the problems come up are the kids themselves and how they act and how they react and how they feel about a certain subject. And so, you know, you can you can hear all you want about, like, if a kid's getting bullied, this is what you do. Or if a kid doesn't want to do the work, he'll do this and you got to do this to solve it. That won't help you at all until you actually see it and you actually do it. And even then you're going to screw up a few times. Exactly, yeah. All this <laughs> so. talk about the theories and different theorists for creative lesson plans and everything it means nothing until you actually use it and actually know like what kind of effect it'll have on your students right the most interesting thing that i've i've read about is that humans are the most inconsistent things in our lives like as, as humans we're the most inconsistent things in our own lives for instance there's a study that baffled economic uh economists economists that's the word i'm looking for um where you know, there were two participants, and they were playing a game. And what it was is that participant A was given $100 and could share any amount of that money to uh, participant B. And if participant B accepted, they both got to keep the money that they were given. If participant B refused, none of them got the money. And so what would happen would be if participant A got $100 and gave $5 to participant B, participant B would go, no, screw you. <laughs> I want more money. And so regardless of the fact that they would, both would have gotten a net gain of money, yeah, he said no. He said no. So that, the same goes with kids. You'll be like, oh, man, these kids are going to love this, and these kids are definitely going to do this. You can't assume that. Oh, yeah, never. Not, not all kids are the same. You know, They don't all have the same interests. They don't all have the same triggers or the same like sort of hobbies or emotions like or ideas right. of anything honestly and uh, it's the same with adults too but like kids they're still like figuring that stuff out right so that's that's really where those decisions are made right yeah no kids are special there's mm-hmm. there's no other way to really talk about it than having them be like really truly special um there was one point where I had this one kid who had a uh, learning disability. It wasn't like crippling, but he had a learning disability. Um, and he was a little hard in the social situations. And he, you know, if he was ever dead set on not doing something, there was no way that we could convince him to do it. Like uh-huh. being in the lake for a swim test or, or joining us in, in the lake for anything. He, this kid didn't like water in general. And mm-hmm. so anytime we had a water activity for the whole cabin, we had to go through a whole charade of convincing this kid how to, how to, yeah, that he should participate, join us. Yeah. yeah. And he was fine. But there was one night where we, you know, the showers there are, are very crowded. There's like five boys' showers and, you know, around eight boy cabins, each of which holding ten kids. 
And oh. so shower schedules are a little rough sometimes. Yeah. When I was a camper, we started a tradition called Spartan showers, where there's a little hose in front of the main lodge, and we, our counselor would spray us down with the hose as we put shampoo on our hair, and then we'd work it in, and then we, he'd spray us down again. I say he because I was a guy taking Spartan showers, and the guy counselors would be my counselors. Yeah. Girls also took Spartan showers. We do it in our bathing suits. Okay. So probably should say yeah, that. Yeah. Everything uh, was done. Be in a more clear suit. about that. Everything was done in a bathing suit. Everything's all good. Yes, there was there was no. <laughs> it's probably it's probably a good thing we didn't say the name of the camp. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was the intent. But um, and we'd you know get soap all over our body as we're as we're sitting there shivering because the hose is cold. There's yeah, no there's no temperature gaze on the hose, and you know it's nighttime. It's still summer, so it's not terrible. But like yeah, we're, we're scrubbing ourselves down and we jump in front of the hose again and then we rinse off. It was a very very fun experience, and there was so that was when I was a camper. We started it. And it had continued all the way until now, and I'm a counselor. We still do it. But, you know, I'm like, all right, guys, we're not going to wait for the showers to be open. We're going to go take Spartan showers. And all my kids are like, yeah! And then that one kid is like, no, I don't want to do it. And I'm like, come on, come on. We're just, we're, we'll go, you don't have to go in, but we're going to do it. We're gonna, you're going to come with a cabin. We're going to do it. You can do it if you want to. <laughs> and he's just like, okay. Um, and we start doing it, and there's another cabin that's doing Spartan showers already. And so we're waiting for them to finish. And I'm like, all right, guys. Uh, line up, get in your bathing suits, have your have your shower gear ready, your soap and your shampoo and your your whatever. And uh, the counselor who was spraying down their cabin was done. And I go, all right, spray me down. <laughs> and I'm in my bathing suit because you know I got to do it too. And I'm you know it was a sweaty day. Oh yeah. It was a sweaty sweaty day. And I'm just like I don't need to clean myself more than just get the grime off my body. Yeah, get on. <laughs> and I Gross. jump in front of the hose and I and I scream because it's cold and I'm having a good time. And then I grab the hose from that council and I go, all right, who's next? And my kids like jump in in the line and everyone's laughing and screaming. And that one kid, uh, you know, the, the infectious mood was, the good mood was infectious. He, he was so happy and he jumped in front of the hose and he was laughing. And it, was as if he, it was as if he didn't want to not do it in the first place. Yeah. It was as if he wanted to do it the whole time because they're all having such a good time because he's there with his buddies in, in the cabin and they're all laughing and they're all having fun and they're all cold and shivering. But, you know, whatever. Um... <laughs> And, you know, to see that Just, notoriously difficult kid immediately melt away into, you know, yeah. childlike wonder as they're getting sprayed down by a hose by me, <laughs> it's, um, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's really just finding the way to engage these students um, that are just apprehensive towards anything. There are students right. who don't want to participate in discussions in the classroom, students who don't want to participate in the open reading or whatever where right. popcorn reading oh, popcorn reading reading out loud and it's just it's not necessarily that they have to participate because we're right. never going to force a student to participate in something that they really don't want to do but it's finding a way to make it to where they want to participate right and personally as a mathematics teacher that's going to be hard oh yeah that that's consistently hard for me where you know, as much fun as um, trigonometry is, there's no real way for me as to be like, come on, guys, let's... Come on, please. Trig identities, please. <laughs> just, just do it. <laughs> it's... And I mean, as a camp counselor, it, it, it opens up ideas for me to be able to be like, all right, here's an example of how math is real cool. How we can make math fun. How we can make, I did a speech on that. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done speeches on like why math isn't awful or why math is fun or all yeah. this other stuff. And so my hope in being a teacher is to be able to inspire that in kids, for kids to look at math and just go, oh, 
that was awesome. Oh yeah. What else can I do with this? Yeah, that's a, that's the cool part because like, um, it, as a theater education major, we learn a lot about how we're not going to get a job if we just stay theater education. Right. Which is funny. Um, but, um, <laughs> it's it's basically they they tell us you should probably get an endorsement in something. Yes. Which is 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 good. It's always good to get endorsements in things, no matter what you're teaching, because mm-hmm. it gives you uh, a better resume and it makes you more hireable. Um, so, my endorsements in English. Sure. But um, I, I took it through a bunch of communication classes and everything, mm-hmm. so I know a lot more about communications than I do about English. But um, I can still, once I take the content test and pass it, I can still teach English. Right. Um, but we. During the theater education uh, curriculum, you have to take this course called Creative Drama. Sure. And it's like, how do you bring drama into a normal <laughs> classroom? How do we make things fun, make it theatrical, bring these theater activities to make it fun? Sure. So we'd have to take these books and think of activities that we can do that kind of teach the themes of the book, but mm-hmm. also stay within the realm of what the book was talking about, like Ender's Game. We had to do one for that. Oh, interesting. And... Like, there's just so much you can do with creative drama in the classroom. You can even use it in a a math classroom or a science classroom. Sure. All of it. Just, it's a good way to make the kids have fun Mm -hmm. while learning something that they might hate. (laughs) Yeah. I hate saying that people hate math. Oftentimes, when when everyone says, oh, man, I, I hate, I suck at math. I hate math. And my first response is always, you've been taught wrong. Yeah. Your, your teacher sucked. <laughs> like, I, I, I hate to say it, but the reason, a big reason that I'm becoming a math teacher is because there are so many terrible ones. Yeah. That I want to be, you know, counterbalanced to that. Yeah, which, honestly, in, at my high school, all the math teachers were some of the funniest and coolest teachers that I knew. Right. Which was strange, because it's just like, I mean, you, you kind of have to be. Because when you're teaching something that so many students just dislike... You have right. to be that fun teacher that they want to go to class to be able to interact with you every day. Right. Yeah, I had teachers like that. I had, in high school, I had two teachers that were really, really good and two teachers that were absolutely awful Oh yeah. in high school, for math at least. I had other teachers that were good and bad. But in, in math in particular, I had one teacher who was, you know, the, the old bird lady. Like She looked like a bird, sounded oh, like a bird, <laughs> uh, kind of droned on. That was for the hardest class in the school. And so Every I was, school has one of those. I was suffering through all of that. And then I had another one who was teaching me calculus, and she had no idea how calculus worked. Oh, my goodness. That poor lady. She, she could not, for the life of her, figure out how to teach calculus. I still got a five on the AP somehow. Well, there you go. And so now I'm here. Here I am, the straight <laughs> B math student, <laughs> looking to be a math teacher. Gonna be math. Um, and then I had two really, really good ones. One that I both that I go back and you know visit whenever I can. Oh yeah. But it's interesting to know that you know some teachers are really, really good, and some are really bad, and both of them managed to get tenure. <laughs> both of them managed to be there for over twenty years, and. Um, you know, teach kids and influence these kids. And I don't want my legacy to be, you know, that one math teacher who kids always hated having. Oh, yeah. Definitely not. And that, that's like the pinnacle of your career is when te- uh, students still want to keep in contact with you after they've graduated. Yes. My like, band the, directors are like that. Yeah. The, the best sort of reward as a teacher. Oh, yeah. Being able to keep in contact with your students, seeing what they're up to, and like watching them succeed past your classroom. Right. 
That's that's the best feeling. It's something else. I mean, and the funny thing is, is I plan to work at that school once I once I graduate. Uh-huh. Hopefully, because I'm getting a computer science endorsement. Computer science. Along yeah. with my mathematics education. Um, and so hopefully I will be able to, you know, teach either math or computer science or both back in my old high school. And then in the process, work with the teachers that I enjoyed so much. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so we'll see if... Um, We'll see if that works out. See, Hopefully it should. Um, yeah, I know some people who like really want to teach at their old school and then other people who are just like, nope, anywhere, anywhere oh, yeah. but there. My girlfriend is like that. No. She she wants to move to North Carolina as soon as she's North as soon as she Carolina. can. You know, that was my response to North Carolina. What exists in North Carolina? She goes yeah. hills. Hills, beaches. <laughs> beaches, the, I guess. It's on the coast. I, yeah, I mean... Weather's probably pretty nice there compared to here. Like, I'm looking out the window. We're covered in snow right now. Yeah. It's uh, below freezing, especially below with wind chill. Um, and so we're, we're colder right now than it is in some parts of Antarctica, Alaska, yes, I heard that. and Iceland, and all that crap. So, oh, um, the Illinois weather. Gotta love it. So that, that kind of leads into a discussion of, like, teaching and, like, Moving after you get your degree, teaching in a new place. Um, one of the biggest things of advice that I've ever gotten from a teacher of mine was as soon as you work somewhere where you don't have connections, you need to make connections. You need to, you know, take a mentor. Yeah. Have someone in your department or a different department be your mentor, your teaching mentor, because you're one thing I've heard over and over and over again, and I don't believe it until it's going to happen. Oh yeah, uh, is that your first year of teaching is going to be awful. Uh-huh. Your first year of teaching is going to be the roughest thing in existence, <laughs> and you're not going to love it, and you're going to debate switching what your career is going to be, but you can only go upwards from there. And so the best way to, to lessen that blow is to take a mentor. Yeah. To take just someone. To just learn. Like, listen to everyone around. Right. Listen to the people around you. Don't be that apprehensive teacher who thinks that they're going to get everything right. Oh, yeah. We have one of those in the music department right now. Oh, boy. You, you don't want to do that. You know? It's just being able to learn from your peers, from your students. Especially from your students. the biggest thing in your first few years of teaching like they're teaching us all about these lesson plans and everything and my favorite thing they do when we have to do all these assignments with lesson plans and planning lessons and theories and everything like that and they're like yeah you're only going to do this for like the first year or two of your teaching after that it's just write it when your administrator wants it it's like (laughs) then then why am i spending so much time getting graded on this right and even though i don't want to say that teaching is improvisational but it it definitely is there are uh, you need to be good at improving things sometimes to be oh, a yeah. good teacher. And that was you being know, able to adapt lesson plans on the fly is one of the biggest tools you can ever get as oh, a yeah. teacher, and, and it's I one can, of the hardest things to and do. And I can connect that back to summer camp because that's what I had to do every single day for everything. Uh huh. Like one thing that you don't, I know you mentioned that you went to a summer camp as a kid. Uh, one thing that you don't realize when you're a camper. Is that you know you look at the summer camp and you're like wow this is a well-oiled machine everything's got a schedule and everything's planned yeah as soon as you start working there you realize wow this is a dumpster fire on wheels <laughs> this truck is on fire and it's about to blow up but we're keep, we're going <laughs> you we're gotta st- take it and make st- it look like it's a nice I don't right. know one of those Hummer limos or whatever the heck right. it is and there would be there were multiple 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 days even within the same week where i'd go to my skill the skills would be like the uh, the activities like fishing or, or swimming or you know like like nature or dodgeball things like that where i'd go up to my co's or for that skill and be like hey what are we doing and they go 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Right. So, you know as much as I do, and I'd be like, we're leading this scale. We're, we're in charge of this. And they go, yeah, we're going to figure it out. There was one day where, you know, it was the skill that was like kind of like the, the have fun in the water skill. And the kids really, really loved just going in the water and messing around and doing nothing. Oh, yeah. Doing nothing in particular. But, you know, our supervisors were like, no, these kids you have to be doing something. You guys have to be putting in the effort to make these kids doing something interesting. Uh, it, you know, it's fun to be able to do that, but it's not memorable. We need these oh, kids yeah. to have memories of something unique. And actually and, learning some sort of skills. Yeah, usually. And so I – it's hard to, to look, take a skill that's like play in the water time for an hour. And go. How can we? We you know we have we have like pool toys and, <laughs> and other stuff, but it's very very difficult to come up with something completely new, because you know some people do one thing and then they just do it again and again and again, like dolphin races where you have to get a ball to the end of the end of the, the swim section with just your head. Yeah, and at what point do you just stop learning anything? I mean, that, it, it's know? really fun the first time, but then you see it every day. Yeah, you keep doing like, it. Well, and you keep doing it. Okay, but there was one. Where we have we have like these lake mats, they're mm. like you know the floaty mats, and you know I'm like, guys, grab all the mats and put them in the put them in the red section, which is, uh, you know, sectioned off by the docks, and they go, all right, why? And I go up to the kids. I didn't tell my coes anything, and I go up to the kids. and go, all right, kids, we're playing a wipeout today, oh, and no. we set up a full like run across the the lake in these sections of of mats. Just like the, the old TV show, Wipeout. Yeah. And they had the most fun running across these things. And all the kids that weren't running had, like, dodgeballs and pool noodles that they'd smack the kid running with. And it was, you know, it happened. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that most of those kids remember that. Because it's fun. Like, being able to make things more fun. Right. And so, you know, when I woke up that morning, knowing that I had to do this, this skill, I had no idea what we were doing. And so on the fly, I had to be like... All right, we're doing this with this and these things, and yep. this is an idea, and I had this planned out. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it's very much akin to teaching. And I know mathematics isn't very much, uh, you know, like creative. There are creative ways to apply mathematics, but when it comes to teaching kids how to do math, you you got to teach them what to do. Oh yeah. You can teach them how you can do it in multiple different ways, but mm-hmm. what they have to get done, especially in high school mathematics, there's you do have to teach to the test. You do have to teach to a yeah, certain standard. Yeah, because in math, it's like there there is one right answer. It's there is there there is one right answer, you but you don't have there. much time to get there either yeah. because you got the ACT and the SAT. And oh yeah. Whatever else, AP standardized tests, and tests, standardized testing. Thanks, America. They work. I promise. Um, <laughs> they don't. But different conversation. Um, no, I had to retake the ACT for my. Uh, uh, certification really because you have to get the writing portion I, yes my school didn't offer it oh no so while i had like a, a good score i didn't have a writing score so i had to go retake it just so i could get the writing score and and at first when i was taking it um i i was like you know what i'm gonna actually try and we're gonna you know, <laughs> not that i need to but i'm gonna actually try because maybe i could get a better score and so the first two sections it was like reading and i want to say math mm-hmm. and or no, it was English then math, mm-hmm. and I mm, I have not done math in years because sure. I haven't had to take a math class. Right, no, and I didn't bring a calculator. Oh no, and so fool. but I I did pretty well on it, and I did right. pretty well on Engl- the English thing too. Well, but we took a break after that, mm-hmm. and then we went into reading and then science. Science is in. Can you read this graph? Yeah, and 
reading i'm such a slow reader mm-hmm. i'm that's why i'm apprehensive to reading things but i'm so slow at reading that i I got to like the third one and she called for like five minutes left. And I was like, oh gosh. And I was like, okay, my score doesn't matter anymore. So, so I went through that and then science came up and I was like, all right, I'm done. I don't feel like reading any of this. So I totally guessed on it. Of course. I ended up getting one point less than I got on my original ACT. Wow. So I was like, wow, I could have improved my score. But the writing portion, mm-hmm. which is why I started talking about this in the first place, was um, there was this prompt about like, achievement and participation trophies and blah 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 all kinds of stuff like that and i was the way i i wrote mine was i kind of linked it to um standardized testing (laughs) and how some schools base funding and such off of that and i basically just bashed bashed the act in it of course bashed standardized testing which this essay was going to them to grade yep and i was just like i'm so done with this test like here i am having to take the only reason why i'm here is because i need the writing score and i wrote this essay just talking about how bad standardized testing is and how it just doesn't teach anything it just teaches you to get that participation ribbon or whatever it doesn't teach you to do anything cool or special Mm -hmm. and with the teachers having to teach to these standards it teaches them to not have fun in the classroom not explore new things it teaches them to just teach these things right and so that i i just bashed the whole thing i ended up getting a 10 on it and it was a passing score so there you go like that's it's only like i think I think it's out of 12. I, I really could I not find the grading online at all. Like, I had no idea what it was, but I think I needed at least a 6. Got my 10. So that's that's what happened to me. Um, I hope they don't hate me, but you know, I think they, they kind of understand how bad it is, too. So. Oh, I would hope so. They'd be quite blind. If they I mean, here I am talking from theater. My stuff isn't even on the ACT, so... <laughs> right, yeah. No, mathematics has that uh, benefit to... Yeah have it i've noticed that i've been calling it mathematics instead of math mathematics like, right recently i don't know why but like whenever someone's Sounds like what's really what's, official what's your edu- what's, what's what's your major and i go mathematics 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 education. makes you sound like cooler and more like official i don't know i feel like just math is a mathematics math is just so so bland <laughs> it's not it's not cool enough for me i teach theater arts <laughs> I mean, if someone goes, well, why do you like math? I'm like, oh, math is pretty cool. I like math. It's, math math's pretty just, interesting. Like, in, in yeah. any context beyond that, it's like, well, my experience with mathematics is, uh, is that I like it, and this reason, and yada, yada, yada. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. My kids also know that I'm a you know, math yeah. person. I used to be good at math, and then I didn't take it anymore. <laughs> and then and now, you stopped. Here I am. Not <laughs> knowing. I, I, can't, I have to use a calculator when I go shopping. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair. <laughs> Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about today? Because I know we talked a lot about the the um, teaching sort of side and mm-hmm. about counseling, the sort of experience and how that helps into your teaching. Was there anything else that you wanted to say? Um, no, not really. I feel like everyone should have a an opportunity to work with kids at some point in their life. That's kind of the biggest thing that I have. Yeah. Not because, you know, you got to love kids, but instead because uh, kids will make you a little more humble than you think you are. Kids will, will bring you back down to earth after you've, you know, sat in your 
crystal th- throne of I know everything because <laughs> everyone has one of those at some point in their life. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, work with kids. They you might hate them a lot, but like you're gonna have to deal with kids at some point in your life or another, whether they be yours or your neighbors or your friends or out on the street. But like you know, kids should be worked with. You should. You should. I t- <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Just it's all you need to do. Just work with kids. Take it from me, you random stranger. <laughs> and with that, I think we're just skimming the surface. So thank you so much, Levi, for coming on and talking to us about your experience. Of course. Thank you for having me. And with that, we are just skimming the surface. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcasting service. Don't forget to like W Skim Milk on Facebook and to check out WSkimmilk.com for more about me. This has been Wesley W Skim Milk Skim. Have a great night. <laughs>